We have been invited into the cosmic purposes of God. He delights to use us in his working of all things for our good and his glory. This episode is a reading of an article originally published on July 6, 2023 at jacebauer.substack.com. The link is in the show notes. The book of Acts is framed as the narrative of the things which Jesus continued to do and teach through his church. This implication is taken from Acts 1, 1 and 2, where Luke refers back to his gospel account as an account of what Jesus began to do and teach. This seems to imply that Luke is picking up where he left off and is giving giving an account of Jesus' continued work through his people. So we can think of the book of Acts as part two of Luke's gospel. The healing ministry of Jesus is continued almost immediately in Acts 3, when Peter and John encounter a lame man. Peter tells him to get up and walk, and miraculously, he does. This instigates an investigation from the Jewish authorities who charge Peter and John to stop speaking and teaching in Jesus' name. Peter and John reply, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. Acts 4, 19b and 20. Then the church gathers to pray for boldness as they witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ and spread the gospel in Jerusalem. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Acts 4, 24-31 Their prayer begins with an acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. They petition God as Sovereign Lord, Acts 4.24. Furthermore, they view the events of Jesus' crucifixion and the opposition they face as part of God's predestined plan, Acts 4.28. This prompts them to pray for boldness in their witness. Unfortunately, the doctrine of God's sovereignty and salvation can lead some to conclude that bearing witness to the gospel, that is, evangelism, is unnecessary. After all, If all who are elect are saved and not one of them is lost, see John 6.39, then it doesn't matter if we proclaim the gospel or not. God can use any means necessary to bring his elect to him. But this attitude is mistaken and unbiblical. While it is true that scripture teaches that God will bring his people to saving knowledge of him, it is also true that God uses his church as means of gospel proclamation. It is theoretically true that God could use any means necessary to save his elect, but he has chosen to use the church. Our witness to the gospel, to the unbelieving world, is commanded by God. He does not need any human to accomplish his plans, and yet he chooses to include us in his work. The church in Acts 4 understood that God's sovereignty didn't negate their calling to bear witness to the gospel. Instead, it emboldened them. They understood that God's purposes could not be thwarted, and they had a God-ordained part to play in those purposes. The mystery of sovereignty is profound. We cannot perfectly comprehend the convergence of our human free will and responsibility with God's sovereign predestination of his purposes. 
And yet there is a comforting paradox that exists here. We are responsible to spread the gospel and bear witness. The early church understood that it was their commission from King Jesus to make disciples of all nations. See Matthew 28, 18-20. At the same time, Jesus is exalted above all else in the cosmos and is ruling history sovereignly. He is the only one able to break the seals and open the scroll. Revelation 5, 2, and 9. He is the only one able to accomplish God's preordained will set before the foundation of the world. Despite the opposition of evil, God will prevail. The early church quoted Psalm 2 in their prayer for boldness. See Acts 4, 25, and 26. They understood that the rage of the nations and the plotting of the peoples was part of God's predestined plan. And they knew that indeed God had set Jesus Christ as the victorious king on Zion. We have been invited into the cosmic purposes of God. He delights to use us in his working of all things for our good and his glory. This ought to embolden and encourage us to step out and follow him zealously and fearlessly. The last thing it should do is make us content with sitting on the sidelines.